This is my tribe. 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 What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. about dating? Okay, okay, okay. That's enough. I see there's mixed reviews. See, that's probably a little bit of an awkward place to start, right? Like an awkward question to start it all off with. But honestly, if we're being real, isn't dating kind of awkward? Yes. At least, maybe it hasn't been for you, but at least for me, in the past, dating had been awkward, especially when I think back to the summer before I started high school. I was on a journey to find the one. I was on a journey to find the one. So, before I finally got Shelby, my now wife, to agree to date me in high school, I dated quite a few different people, and most of them for a really, really short amount of time. And I'm talking really short amount of time. Now, I'm not trying to make myself out to be some kind of ladies' man or anything like that, but I did have, I had quite a few girlfriends, but it was not because of me, really. It was more that I was just a nervous guy, and when I I was nervous around girls, and I just broke up with them really quick. Because every time we were around each other, I was like, yeah, I'm awkward. I don't like this. But I was, I was trying to find the one, right? So I was dating different girls, talking to different girls, whatever it is, and I cut it off quick. But I can remember one time in that really weird summer before high school, I started dating this girl who I asked out over text because that's, that's what you do, right? You ask them out via text. And I'd, I'd met her, like, in person. Like, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to say I hadn't, but we'd only talked, like, two to three times ever in person. Like, we talked for a month over text, and that was good enough for me. And I finally got up just the bravery, just the absolute bravery to say, hey, do you want to go out with me? And to which she replied, like, boyfriend and girlfriend? 
To which I said, I guess. And then there we were. We were dating. And I remember, I remember this clearly whenever I tell you this story. I was looking for the one. So that's what my goal was. So don't forget about that part whenever I tell you this next part. But I, w- I went to the city pool probably two to three days later after we had officially started our relationship, right? So I go to the city pool. I'm with my mom. I'm with my brother because I couldn't drive. So my mom, we're there, and I had no idea that my girlfriend would be at the pool too. She was there. I really didn't have a clue. And whenever I got there, I was like, hmm, this is awkward. Like, we've barely ever talked in person. And something else that you need to remember about me when I tell this story is that I was a dork. I really was. And I was small. So envision me now. I'm already small enough, but I was a lot smaller. So shorter, skinnier, dork. And I see her at the pool, and I don't go talk to her. I don't say hi. I don't even wave. And this was my girlfriend. Nothing. And part of the reason why I didn't say anything to her is because, like I said, I was a shy guy. But even more than that, it clicked with me. She's a lot taller than me. Like, a lot taller than me. How could, how could this girl be the one if she would have to lean down even just to give me a hug? Like, that is weird. I wasn't about to go up to her and let that happen and embarrass myself. So I left the pool with my mom and brother, not saying a word to her. I got us out of there as quick as possible. I was like, oh, I'm just not feeling the pool today, Mom. Let's leave. She didn't even know I was dating this girl. So we leave, and I send her a text. I'm like, hey, saw you at the pool today. I don't think this is going to work out. And that was that. That's just how it worked. I mean, we only talked in person like three times. I didn't feel that bad. But that's how it went. And... It's not exactly the together forever story, right, that we're hoping for when we're dating. But here's, here's the thing about my story that I think can connect with all of us, right? It's for some reason, most of us have this idea that the one for us is out there somewhere, right? Like we think somewhere out there is our one. We just have to find them. And everything else will just fall into place once we do. So this is what we're doing over the next few weeks. We're talking about dating. And maybe you don't even use the words date or dating. I don't know how you, I don't even know what words you use for it. Maybe that idea seems old to you. It seems weird. Because there are actually like a million ways to categorize a relationship these days. Maybe you're hanging out. Maybe you're talking Maybe you just have a solid streak going with them. Or maybe that person moved two states away and you guys FaceTime still every day. But to simplify things for our purposes for this series, we're going to use the term dating and we're going to define it this way. So we're going to define dating as being in a relationship, whatever that looks like, where the other person means more to you than just being a good friend. That's what we're going to talk about as dating. And maybe for you, it's more complicated than that, right? Think about, I'm going to list some categories here for a second. See if you fall into any of these kind of high school, middle school, dating life 
categories. So maybe you're not looking for the one, but you're just looking for someone, anyone. You don't care at this point. You're like, I just want a boyfriend or girlfriend. Or maybe you can't seem to meet someone that you're interested in. You're open to the idea of dating, but absolutely no one has met your standards to this point. Maybe the person that you're interested in isn't interested in you. That one stinks, right? Maybe your version of the one is different than what your parents' version is, what your parents think is okay for you. Or maybe your idea of the one is different from what society would think of as the one. Maybe you are dating for the one, and that person you're dating is just dating for fun. They're not really looking to get married or anything like that. That's not on their mind. Maybe you have this growing list of requirements in order for that person to be the one. Do we have anybody in here who has a big list of what they're looking for? No? Nobody cares? You guys are all like, I don't care. When they walk up, I'll just date them. Good strategy. See how it works. Maybe... Maybe you think life doesn't really start until you've found the one and you're willing to wait forever. Or maybe you haven't even been on a date. Maybe you aren't thinking about dating nor even really care to date at all. But it seems like everyone around you thinks you need to be dating. On top of all of this, you may be thinking right now, like, awesome, I get to hear about dating from someone at church who's probably going to give me some old school advice about how I shouldn't date. Or they'll tell me about how I should just pray and read my Bible and be single forever. If that's you and you're you're wondering where I'm going with all of this, don't don't worry. This series this series isn't going to be about convincing you not to date. This series also isn't about making you feel guilty for having a significant other or for wanting to have a significant other. In fact, the next few weeks aren't going to be about encouraging you not to date. It's going to be more about helping you date well, how to do this the right way. And no matter how you feel about dating right now, whether you're not interested, whether you've never dated or Maybe you're obsessed with trying to find a significant other. Chances are dating might be a part of your life in the future, right? So I'm sure you'd like to figure out, like, what's it going to take to find the one? Or better yet, what would it take to be the one for somebody else? And the good news is you don't have to try to figure this out all on your own. That's what we're going to go through with this series is we're going to try and figure out what it looks like to find the one and what it looks like to be the one. So when it comes to our relationships with one another, the Bible actually has some really helpful things to say, even if it never mentions dating specifically. See, this makes sense because it was written thousands of years ago and dating wasn't really a thing back then. We didn't date, but Stick with me for just a few minutes because I think what we're going to look at is still really helpful for us today. And the section we're going to look at is called Proverbs, 
And it's, it's dedicated to wisdom, which simply means that it's a book that is about learning to make better choices in all areas of our life. So real wisdom in life. And most of Proverbs was, was written by a man named Solomon. And he was one of the more famous kings in all of Israel. And a little bit about Solomon is that early in his life, God, he gave him this incredible amount of wisdom to share with God's people and to rule over God's people. But even though he had this wisdom and he knew better, it didn't mean that he always did better. There were some things that he had to learn the hard way. And through making mistakes and poor choices, he did that. But whether Solomon learned from getting it right or getting it wrong, you could say that Proverbs is like this ultimate guide for us to making wise choices in our life. So when it comes to dating, gaining and applying wisdom is the best way to figure out how to think about relationships. We need to get more wisdom in this area. So let's look at what at some of what Solomon said, some of his wisdom from the book of Proverbs. And he says, put your outdoor, outdoor work in order and get your fields ready. After that, build your house. So here we see Solomon talking about the best way to build a house. And just hang with me for a second because it does connect with dating. So like a lot of things in the Bible, even though this verse it was directed at a specific audience about a specific thing. It contains this universal wisdom for us that makes it relevant for all of us, even thousands and thousands of years later. So remember when we said Solomon had really helpful wisdom, but he didn't necessarily always follow it himself. Well, this guy had hundreds of wives and had tons of side relationships in his life. And honestly, his dating life was a complete mess. But that didn't change the fact that what he was getting at here is actually really helpful when it comes to our own dating lives. His ideal to-do list when it comes to dating was this. He says, get your land ready for a house and then build your house. And I don't know if you guys know anything about building a house. I don't really either, but that seems like good advice, right? Like, get the land ready before you build the house. And a big part of getting the land ready for construction is leveling the ground out so you can lay this concrete, firm foundation. And the most critical part of building is having a foundation in place. You have to do that before you can build anything. So in other words, you need to take the right steps in the right order, even when it comes to dating. See, life works the exact same way. You have to prepare now so you can succeed later. Basically, he's saying if you want to be successful at something, you have to prepare a foundation first. But here, here's the thing. Even though that we know this is true, we know we need a foundation before we can do anything, how often do we try to be successful without first having a foundation? Like, we just want to jump to that next thing. Like, we know we have a big test coming up, but we don't actually study until 10 minutes before the test is about to start. 
or we know that we need a certain GPA in order to get into your preferred college, but we don't start taking our grades seriously until the middle of our junior year or sometimes senior year. See, we know that, that tryouts are coming up really, really soon, but we've been watching that Netflix series every day and we haven't practiced at all. See, all these things we do because we just want to get to the success part and we don't want to lay the foundation. But if we want a good result, and I don't think anyone in this room wants dating to turn out bad, right? Like, that's not fun. We have to take the right steps in the right order, and that really matters. And this isn't about, like, shaming people or making you feel bad for something that's happened in the past. Like, we've all done it. We've all messed up. It's human nature to look for the easy route. But the truth is, is life just doesn't work that way. Dating is no different. In fact, let's, we can apply Solomon's guide to this home-building thing to your dating life. We can change the steps and make it look like this. So, one, get yourself ready to date. And then, two, then date. And how do you get yourself ready to date? I think instead of waiting to find the one, we have to work on becoming the one. Because becoming the one is actually better than finding the one. So if you want to take a wise approach to dating, and you want, all, you want your relationships to have the best chance at actually having success, you have to start by building a good foundation. That means you have to start with yourself. You have to start with you. The problem is, though, is that this, this doesn't come naturally to us. It's a lot easier to set a really high standard for the person that we want to date than to meet that high standard ourselves. A lot of us have high standards for other people, and we don't come close to touching that standard that we set. But how do, how do we even begin to do that? Well, I want, I want to look at another passage of Scripture that it talks about love. It's from a letter the Apostle Paul, a guy who started many of the first Christian churches, wrote. And he wrote this to a church in an ancient city called Corinth. And it's from 1 Corinthians 13. And this is what it says. It says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Like that's a really good list, right? Like, the way Paul talks about love makes it sound incredible. Like, real love is incredible. And I bet most of us heard that list and thought, like, wow. Like, I would sure love to find someone who could love me like that. I'd sure would love to find someone who matched all of those things. But if we need to lay a foundation and focus on ourselves before we move to someone else, we need to ask ourselves this. Like, what does that passage mean for me? It means that before we start looking for those 
incredible qualities in someone else. We have to shift our focus on becoming that kind of person right now, whether we're dating or not, whether you feel like you want to date or not. Because the truth is, is that learning to demonstrate those sorts of qualities, it pays off no matter what your relationship status is. So you never arrive at becoming the one. You don't check off these qualities Paul mentions like you can master one and just move on to the next. Like you have to keep working on it and you have to practice and you keep working on you now and later. In fact, even people who choose to get married have to keep working on it. Like if you ask anyone in this room who's married or has been married that they can tell you that you have to work on this. It takes practice. It's not one of those things that you just learn and then you move on and say, oh, I did it, I mastered it. See, when it comes to dating, we create a list of things to look for in other people, right? Like you, you, you have this list, whether you actually have it written down or not, you guys have a list for what you look for in someone else. Maybe you want them to be funny, attractive. Maybe you want them to love Taco Bell as much as you do. You want them to be patient, smart. Then you set out to find that person. We start looking for the one. You make this list and you just start looking. But what about, what about yourself? What about you? See, the truth is, is that no other human can fulfill your every need, your every want. And the other truth is, is that we aren't perfect. See, this is why, because of the gospel, that we can be free in this area of our life. We can be free because, because Jesus is the only one who can fulfill our every need. So when we shift our focus from finding the one or looking for the one, and we realize that Jesus is the only one, it completely changes about how we go about dating. It shifts our focus on from other people, and it shifts our focus towards how do we better ourselves. And see, the love, the love of Jesus is the only thing that can truly fulfill us. Plus, like I said earlier, we aren't perfect. We're just not. So we need Jesus. We need him in order to make us more like the person that we want to be in a dating relationship because we can't do it alone. So we need to start asking ourselves, and you need to start asking yourself now, who do you want to be? Who do you want to be whenever you come to date somebody else? Whether you're dating someone or not, who do you want to be? And are you becoming that kind of person? Like, are you doing things to become that type of person that you want to be? Are you loving? Are you kind? Are you patient? Are you generous, wise, humble? See, because Jesus is all of those things. And that is who we should be modeling ourselves after and be striving to be more like. Not striving to find the one, but striving to be more like Jesus. See, I think that we tend to believe that when we meet someone we're interested in, we'll just naturally treat that person well. You'll find somebody, you'll date them, and it'll all work out, right? But the truth is, is that when it comes to loving someone well, 
and treating someone well, we need practice. We just do. We don't just become the one or become patient or kind by accident. You don't. You don't just wake up one day and become a kind and patient person. I've been waiting to become a patient person for 24 years. I'm still working on it. But we can only do it through Jesus. So if you want a higher quality of life, whether you're dating someone or not, it's important to focus on becoming these things now. Becoming these things before you start dating. Because trust me, whenever you start dating, if you're not these things, it's going to make it really difficult. See, and the best part about all of this is that you become so much more than just the one. You become so much more than just the one that someone's looking to date. You become the one who is known for loving everyone well. You become the one who is kind and generous and compassionate to people. You become more like Jesus, who was known by his love for others. See, and that's, that's just what Jesus does. He doesn't change your dating life. He winds up changing everything. Your friendships, your family, and your dating relationships, all of it. And, and I get it. Some of you in this room have been in the dating game for a little while. You've dated a few people. But maybe you haven't ever thought about it that way before. Or you don't really, haven't ever really cared to think about it that way. And I want, I want you to know that it's, it's never too late to work on those things. It's never too late to work on becoming the kind of person that Paul is talking about. And after all, this is, this is a lifelong process. And it doesn't end when we start dating someone. It doesn't end when you get married. It lasts forever. However, if you're, if you're not dating someone right now, then you're in the perfect position to focus on becoming the one until you do start dating. But perhaps maybe the best news of all is becoming the one isn't really about dating at all. It's about you for the sake of you becoming more like Jesus. And here, here are a few steps to get started. And the first thing is you have to choose who you want to work on becoming. You have to choose who you want to work on becoming. Look at the list of characteristics that Paul used to describe love. Like, which of these would you like to, to focus on becoming? Which characteristic would benefit your life and your relationships the most? Maybe, maybe for you, you want to be less jealous. Or maybe for you, you want to be more kind, more patient. You want to hone in on your anger. I don't know what it is, but whatever it might be for you, you have to choose what you want to work on becoming, and then we have to practice. You may already be doing this, but if not, then you need to give it a shot. Try being excited for others when good things happen to them, or try going out of your way to make someone else's day better. Start being quick to forgive so that you don't have to keep this record of wrongs, and don't don't expect to do this perfectly right out of the gate, but you, you should give it a shot. Like, keep practicing, and even when you mess up, try again. And over time, you're going to wind up becoming more and more like the one 
Paul is talking about. Someone who loves like Jesus loves. And our third step is we have to repeat. Keep coming back to this process over and over. Because like I said, it's not something that you just master and move on. And if you repeat these steps at, at different points in your life, you'll, you'll constantly be growing and, and becoming more like Paul's definition of love throughout the different phases of your life and throughout all your different relationships. And over time, you'll continue moving in the direction of becoming the one, someone who is known by your love in all areas of your life and not just dating. So just one more time, think back to Paul's list. Love is patient. It's kind. It's not jealous. It doesn't demand its way. Like, wouldn't it be amazing to meet someone who had those qualities? Like, it'd be pretty cool to meet somebody who loved like that. Now, think about this for a second. What kind of qualities would that person be looking for? Like, if that person loves like that, and that's what you want, what kind of qualities would that person be looking for in you? Who would they want to date? Like, how would they describe what they're looking for in the one? See, patient people, kind people, people who put others first are often more attracted to people with those same qualities. See, that's the kind of person someone else would want to date. Not a, it's not a bad bonus, right? At the same time, even if you're not interested in dating, maybe that's completely off your radar, and that's okay. You're still going to wind up having better relationships with everyone in your life because you're more loving and you're growing as a person. Practicing patience and kindness alone, it could have a really huge impact on your life. It could have a huge impact on every relationship, both today and in the future. So instead of just focusing on finding someone or deciding if they're right for you, we have to work on our foundation first because becoming the one is better than finding the one. Let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us all here tonight. Thank you for this, this conversation about dating that we get to walk through together. And I just pray that, that everyone who hears this would understand what you want from them when it comes to dating. That we're not just looking for other people to meet our standards. We're not just looking for someone that is the one. But we need to start a foundation. We need to, we need to begin with ourselves. And you gave us the perfect model in Jesus as to what we need to look for what we need to look for in ourselves, what we need to strive for in ourselves. So I pray that as we all go on with our days and throughout the week, Lord, that we would focus on that. We would look at that list that Paul wrote for us and we'd say, which one of these, which one of these do I need to improve? Which one of these am I lacking in? And we'd, we would focus on that. I pray that everyone in here would, whether they want to date or not, would focus on becoming more like Jesus because when we focus on becoming more like Jesus, we love well, and that improves all of our relationships in every area of our life. So I pray blessing over everyone here. 
We pray this in your holy name. Amen.